We are recording, Dave. Wow. Nate, podcast, what'd you say, number 12? I think it's number 12. I mean, you know. Someone, someone owes us money. They said you'll never make it to the 12th podcast. They said you won't make it past two. And we said, come on. And we're at 12. Complete lack of respect. Lack um, of respect. Well, we've we've got some phenomenal guests, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Nate introduce them, but I'm, I'm gonna introduce the topic a little bit. You know, we we've been having a, a lot of great discussions around um, really rural economic development, and and again, it's a it's a focus that we thought deserves some light. You know, for for a couple of reasons. First of all, we're fortunate to do work in a lot of rural markets um, for companies, for communities, for developers. Um, you know, so again, we have a lot of experience in this area. Second, you know, quite frankly, there's a lot of struggling rural communities driven in a lot of places by a loss of population. And, uh, you know, we think that there's, um, you know, a really good public policy uh, basis to, for us to be discussing rural economic development and throwing out, you know, and, and discussing best practices and successful case studies but also discussing policy issues. You know, we were fortunate just a couple of weeks ago to have a uh, very successful rural, rural development, uh, rural corporate site location summit. And um, Chuck and Seth were, were on our, one of our panels there. Um, but again, a great turnout, you know, for a webinar, um, a lot of great discussion, uh, a lot of great examples of success we've built um, a, a white paper around corporate site location and rural markets that, that we have on our website. So we think that there's um, a lot of opportunity in rural markets. We are, um, you know, really excited about it. It's a different uh, market uh, from an economic development or from a, a corporate site location standpoint. So it takes, um, it takes a different approach. But I think we're, what we're going to hear about today is a pretty exciting effort to uh, address a critical issue in all rural markets, and that and that's housing and housing and downtown development downtown. Yeah, so um, I agree, Dave, and, and it's a topic that we've talked a lot about. It's a topic that we've had at the Montrose Group. We've 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 had a couple. Uh, well, at least we're, we've had our second rural development forum. Um, which has been great. And, and the things that are going on in Van Wert are very exciting and unique. Uh, I can say that uh, I don't know of many other communities, uh, certainly in Ohio, but even throughout the, uh, throughout the United States that are the size of Van Wert that are doing uh, the awesome things uh, that the Van Wert County Foundation is doing to revitalize this downtown, uh, bring back housing to downtown, bring back uh, uh, businesses to downtown. Um, you know, uh, and, and also just single family housing. The county isn't doing it, but Chuck was part of a group that uh, brought some single family housing. So with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, have uh, our, our guests uh, introduce themselves. But uh, we have Seth Baker, who is the executive director of the Van Wert County Foundation. And we also have Chuck Cook, who is the uh, chair of the Van Wert County Foundation. Chuck is also a local attorney in town. And we were just joking. That Chuck does. Uh, if there's any kind of law that needs to be done, Chuck is the man. So, with that, uh, Seth and Chuck, if you want to introduce yourselves, and we'll get into the discussion. Sure. 
This is Seth. Um, I am the, the director of the Vanwert County Foundation. Um, I, I want to just briefly introduce the foundation. Um, we are a community foundation. Um, some, most counties in the U.S. are fortunate to have, or some communities are fortunate to have a community foundation. Uh, we've been around since 1925, so a very early adopter uh, for community foundation models. Um, and our vision is to create a well-resourced and thriving quality of life for our community. So that, that is why we are positioned in the heart and, and core of, of this conversation today. Great. Thanks, Seth. Chuck? Yeah, I'm Chuck Cook. I'm a native of Van Wert. Other than the time I spent away for college and law school, I've lived my whole life in Van Wert County. Uh, practiced law here for 40 years. Uh, I've been very active in our community. Uh, I joined the foundation board uh, not quite 10 years ago. Um, I'd have to say that in the 20, last 20 of my 40 years in uh, private practice here, I've seen a recognition of issues that Van Wert has faced as a small community. We're a community of 10,500 people, pretty much stagnant population for decades. And once there was a recognition of the need for improvement in our community, uh, good things started to happen. We've added uh, a performing arts center. Uh, recently, we now have under construction a new airport terminal. But um, that whole transformation um, sort of caught fire under the um, umbrella of the Vanwart County Foundation to take that and run with it. We're gonna get into much more detail on that, but. I'm just really happy to be part of it. And uh, we'll give you a little genesis on how this all came about here in a few minutes. That's awesome. Thanks guys. Thanks for the intro. So, you know, you guys, you, you kind of previewed it a little bit, but you know, the first thing uh, I, I want to ask you guys, or we want to ask you guys is, is just, you know, you've assembled a lot of properties in downtown Van Wert. Um, and, and you're in the process of uh, trying to figure out, you know, the redevelopment of that. I mean, what's the, what's the vision behind this ambitious project and how did it come about? Yeah, so um, we started this, um, let's see, we started a conversation in spring of 2019 about this project specifically, but I think it's important maybe to back up and um, just do a quick overview of, of where we are as a community or where we were as a community. Um, we are, uh, we were a community that was uh, really, um, initial development started way back in the 1880s. Um, and um, as, as we have started to really determine, okay, how do we tell our story? What has shaped um, us as a community? Um, we had um, the first coast to coast uh, highway that ran right through the heart and core of our community. We had railroad that came through the, the core of our community and it was a thriving and booming community. Um, we would uh, venture to say that really the heart and core of historic development as we know it um, kind of ground to a halt downtown in, in, this, in the late 60s uh, when we had bypasses that were built on the edge of town. Um, and we had development, cheap, cheap development, um, uh, affordable development that could happen on, on the outskirts of town. And so when you have buildings that were roughly almost 100 years old at that point, um, those buildings are expensive to upkeep. They're expensive to preserve and expensive to reuse. Um, and so uh, we went through um, 
30 years of, of just stagnant investment in our downtown buildings. And if you're listening to this um, and you're from a, a smaller community, even urban uh, communities uh, experience the same thing, um, you can walk behind the buildings and see what state that they really are in. So we had a, um, a downtown organization. It was a Main Street organization that was started back in, I believe, 2004 um, to start to, to tackle uh, redevelopment of our downtown. Um, and so they're a 501c3 um, that was focused on stimulating growth and development. Um, have, um, they, they've been successful at kind of corralling volunteers and telling the story, um, but they didn't really have um, the financial capital um, to really pour into the, the structures that needed the, the work. Um, the foundation, um, you know, we've been here, like I said, since 1925. Um, we actually um, weren't the ones that kicked this project off. This was a project led by another community organization called the Business Development Corporation. And they had a small pool of money. And, and I happened to also sit on that organization, but they had a small pool of money that was available. And there were some downtown buildings that were coming up on sheriff's sale. These buildings had major legal problems associated with them. They had major structural problems associated with them. And, and in essence, what the BDC said, hey, um, this is um, this is one of these are some of the first buildings that people see when they drive into to our downtown. And when you think of a community, you typically think of something in your downtown. That's what you picture. So that this is what people are picturing um, Van Wert to be is, is the quality and condition of these buildings. So um, they started an effort that said, hey, let's buy these buildings from sheriff's sale. Let's see if we can give them a last ditch um, attempt at redevelopment. And so we kicked off um, kicked that off um, and basically started to look at it and, and realized, hey, the problems that are associated with these buildings are probably more than what someone local can handle, but they're not enough to attract a national scale developer to, to mm -hmm. look at our community. Um, and so we started to say, okay, can we expand this? Can we start to look at neighboring buildings? Can we assemble a larger project? And so we started to look at the, the surrounding block and say, hey, can we piece together a larger scale project using all the buildings in this block and preserve and, and come up with a plan for these buildings? Um, and then we ran into someone else that said, you're not thinking big enough, do your whole downtown all at once, um, upgrade to um, you know class A uh, commercial and residential properties. Big thinkers, uh, big picture thinkers, Seth. That's uh, wow, do your whole downtown. Don't do just this little block, do the whole, do the whole downtown. So we started to spring that conversation around. I think Chuck, you were part of that very first conversation. I don't know if you have any recollections on that, how that went. Yeah, so, so the word was out that, um, of course, they had buildings to take care of. And about the same time, um, some of my, a couple of my friends, one in particular was approached by a gentleman who um, was in uh, collaboration with the model group out of Cincinnati who was uh, very instrumental in doing over Rhine development in downtown Cincinnati. And a couple of those principals actually got involved in rehabbing a very historic street in downtown Fort Wayne, which is a neighboring city of ours. And that led to Eric Doden showing up at a meeting of a, just a handful of us, uh, pitching the idea that what would you guys think about us forming a group that would look into the revitalization of a, of a, a almost a complete downtown like Van Wert. Mm -hmm. um, basically pitched it to us like this happens more frequently in larger cities, but to their knowledge and our knowledge as we got into this, nothing on that kind of a scale of a city 
again, our size of 10,500 people. So the, the group of us that were there, we immediately said, sure, why not? Let's, let's further this discussion. So we invited a few more people. We had a follow-up meeting and that led to then us basically pitching it to the Vamer County Foundation. Um, as you know, Seth's giving you a little history on the foundation, we're what, 85, 80, $85 million foundation now, Seth, with the Correct. latest market. Mm -hmm. 25 or so of that is farm ground, which means we have a substantial investment in Wall Street. And we basically said, you know what, why don't we take some of our money off of Wall Street and invest it in our own Main Street? And with the attitude that if we don't do something, nobody's going to do it. And we're going to continue to see our downtown crumble uh, and we're going to lose buildings. Unfortunately, we just had to demolish one of our uh, huge historic buildings just because of sheer neglect. Yeah, um, so you it know, wasn't, it wasn't un, unrealized or unassumed that that could happen because we were witnessing it. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You you had you had eighty five million dollars in assets. I mean, and I guess I'm I'm just slightly familiar with county you know community foundations where they. I mean, you must have had a lot of unrestricted assets then, right? I mean, they weren't in particular funds, or how did that kind of work that you were able to move them into real estate rather than you know they, yes. they were directed so, towards certain things. So most of our assets um, are pooled together and pooled investments. So our farm grounds are shared by all of the funds are invested. You know, the, the funds that we hold in index funds are invested. Um, all the funds are invested in those. So, so, so there's pool investments. Okay. And so in this case, um, we've said, hey, um, at, you know, if you look at the size of, of, our, of our portfolio, in any given quarter, there might be an ebb and flow of $5 million, give or take. So we might gain or lose five. Mm -hmm. um, and so that starts to give you a little bit of our appetite that here's our market risk. We're already doing this on any given basis. So if we yeah. carved out that, that, those dollars and just pulled those right out of Wall Street and put those right into the core of our community as an investment, yeah. um, that you know, we don't have a lot to lose on that. Yeah. Um, and so, so in essence, um, each of our funds will share in the income and the expenses of our investment downtown. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's not, so those funds are still kind of, they might be directed as whatever, going to a certain interest, uh, but you're just taking, instead of investing that in, you know, a mutual fund, you're investing in real estate. That's yeah, the, exactly. that's the change. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, our funds sense. don't usually come to us with any kind of restrictions on how they're invested. So we have, okay. we have the liberty to, to invest, you know, appropriately. Yeah. Um, in, in the areas we need to invest in. That's great. So, so um, this, guys, is, this, I, I say, this is a stem gonna... from a conversation, deeper conversation we were having as a foundation. You know, as, as the BDC, the Business Development uh, Corporation, was having these conversations and um, considering purchasing buildings, we were going through some st uh, strategic planning as a foundation. We were honing in on, okay, um, where should we be? How do we move from being just transactional based, which is check writing to transformational? Yeah. Um, and so uh, as we were having the transformational discussion, this discussion was starting to float out in the community. And so just, I mean, it was just a perfect fit, you know, our, our vision uh, focusing on the quality uh, of life in our community. Uh, this, yeah. was, this is clearly our project. So, oh, no doubt know, about so, it. I mean, so really you guys are living, you know, I guess what we call social impact investing, right? You know, again, it's seen a lot lately with the opportunity opportunity zone discussion. Um, but I, I love the fact that you got your community to come together and say, literally, you know, why are you putting your money 
in Wall Street when you should be putting it here that you can, you know, not just help help the help the place you live, but also protect your investments, whether it's a business owner. Do you do you feel like that that community of your investors, um, and, I, and I don't want to be sexist the way I say this, but it's like, the, you know, kind of the town fathers, you know, that it's, that a lot of places that you go, um, you know, for a long period of time, it's kind of been the same five, six, seven, eight people to kind of get together whenever there's a crisis to say, hey, we, we got to go save this, or there's this building, you know, we need to address. Was it really those, those same groups or was it really a larger group that kind of came together for the investors? Because that, I think there's a lot of folks uh, in your position that see buildings that are struggling or see uh, opportunities, you know, that for redevelopment in a community. But the hard part, the hard part isn't quite frankly, the work we do. You know, we, we do the piece when you've already got, you know, a lot of this uh, underway or you've got a base of investors. Um, we'll go in and help use the different public finance tools. I think the really hard part is what you, what you all have done. It's, it's that there's the problem, there's an opportunity. Let's go get the cash to go deal with this. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think in our case, um, every community, your, your community leadership is, is in different places in different communities. Um, I think what's, what's, um, what's interesting in our case is um, our foundation has 15 trustees that have been well vetted that are leaders in the community. And so it's not just one or two wealthy families that are really controlling the destiny of our community, but it's a, it's yeah. a group of, so, so right out the gate, we start out with 15 um, highly invested individuals um, and uh, you know, their companies or their families that they're attached to. Um, but we started, um, you know, th this conversation was, was broad right from the get go. Um, I think Chuck alluded there was a meeting of maybe five individuals at, at first who, who pitched the idea. And there was some just even even those of us who were involved in the early conversations kind of like, oh, there's no way there's no way this will ever stick. Um, but when we started to bounce it around, um, you know, we pulled the whole BDC together, which, again, has uh I don't know, maybe 15 people on that board, some of them a little bit of overlap, but different individuals. Um, you know, we took it to the county, uh, to the city, and, and just started to, to bounce the conversation around to the chamber, to Main Street mm -hmm. Technical Development. Um, so it's important that it wasn't just, um, it wasn't just, uh, you know, a handful that was making the decision, but um, the community as a whole kind of has entered into this cautiously and, and yeah. still very cautious. This is, this is very experimental um, for, for a lot of people. Hey, well, Dave, back and, and, to your, your question just a minute. You, you asked yes, about um, what we've done in the past, and, and certainly part of our role has been historically to take care of um, community resources, uh, groups that nonprofit groups like our local YM and YWCAs. We've certainly done our part in helping them, but this went way beyond that. We're talking, uh, we've acquired 45 buildings out of a group, a potential target group of what, 70 staff, somewhere in that range that would be potential buys, but we don't have any intention of going that far. But we we totally got away from taking care of our, what you would refer to as public or charitable buildings and acquired, you know, buildings that have been owned by business owners who, yeah. who for one reason or another couldn't afford 
to maintain their buildings or address the new roof issues or whatever it was that was becoming a detriment to maintaining their buildings to a, a recognized level. I mean, how did you, how, down- Chuck, how did you, I mean, it brings up, I, it's just, a, 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 it's interesting to me. I mean, how did you, how did those discussions go and how did you kind of get those buildings, you know, purchased? How did, I mean, that's 45 buildings is incredible. I mean, that's a so, lot and that's a lot of discussions with, I mean, sure. I'm sure some of them were owned by the same people, but how, you know, how'd that happen? We, um, I think it's really important to note that we had a deep relationship with our, our building owners, our business owners, mm-hmm. my past, um, I, I, I was a main street director here in Van Wert. Um, okay. and so I'd already had a deep business relationship. There was a, there was trust that was built. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't just an outside group coming in to buy. Um, the other thing that was important is, um, we didn't want to sell our downtown to an outside developer. At the end of the day, we want um, our community to maintain control and ownership of its own assets. And again, that's the beauty of having the foundation at the table that we're in essence um, um, endowing these buildings for our community forever. Um, So, so very difficult conversations. Um, It got into um, some real deep um, business retention and expansion efforts real quickly where you, you start to understand what are people's exit plans? What are people's retirement plans? Um, and well, so, and, and Seth, is that? I mean, well, I got to imagine some of the buildings you own. There's, there's, there's active businesses in those buildings. There, there are, yeah. there are. Yep. Um, we, um, as, as um, one of our partners, uh, our developer is Pago USA. Mm-hmm. Um, so they brought some ex, uh, expertise to the table. We partnered with them uh, through the acquisition process to have some of those deep and hard conversations. So we would make introductions to. Uh, to Pago, the, the team members from Pago, and then um, and then they would work uh, towards uh, acquisition efforts on our behalf. So, um, you know, a part of it is is obviously the trust um, with us, um, yeah. but then also making sure that we've got a, a quality team um, that can can have some of those hard conversations. Yeah. Well, and they, the, and they, uh, I, I'll tell you, I, I would I would like to stress, and it's it's a little bit difficult if you don't know Van Wert. Um, this is a very uh, conservative rural community and um, getting this type of engagement, getting, you know, these are not, um, you know, this is not kind of a Silicon Valley, hey, let's just throw some money around and and see what happens. This is, this is a truly conservative, beautiful uh, community, but, um, you know, Clearly, whatever deal you're going to have to do, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, it's going to have to be pretty solid, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, you know, again, they, obviously your investors care about, care about the community, but this is not, um, this place isn't full of some, uh, you know, wealthy tech investors who just have money to burn and have just decided, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be the king of alternative energy or, or something that's, and I don't mean to denigrate that, but I'm just saying that it's a, uh, it's a traditional rural conservative community that I think the, I think, and I just want to make sure folks understand that. And that, that just tells you, um, it, to me, it makes it even, uh, even a better success story. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think, um, this leads into the, that conversation about, you know, how did we folk or, you know, how do, what buildings did we focus on first um, for acquisition work? And obviously there was some low hanging fruit. I mentioned the buildings that the BDC acquired. 
um, that were on the verge of, of partial collapse or, or that, you know, had legal issues associated mm-hmm. with them. There were buildings that were actively for sale and just weren't getting any movement. Um, you know, you start to look around at, you know, um, what other buildings are we going to lose if we don't take action? And we, so we started to ask ourselves some questions, the, the, the if not us, who? So if this building isn't a part of this project, does it have a future? Or does, is, can someone take this and successfully redevelop it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so that started to put some of the framework around acquisition. Um, as we, you know, our focus was around intersections. So um, gaining control of the buildings on, uh, on the intersections, um, which is, you know, really kind of key key components to the development process and then the larger the largest building in, in any particular block and once that building was secured then we would start to have conversations with neighbors to say hey do you want to be a part of this process does your building yeah. you know need to be a part of this some yeah. buildings you know um just like every other community there have there have been buildings um that have had significant investments in and so you know some of them um you know needed to go further some of them there was no reason for us to acquire um and so so we've not um we've not had a conversation with with some building owners because of that yeah um so and and, and you both mentioned i mean chuck you mentioned the model group and and seth you mentioned uh, pego which i think are intertwined if i'm not mistaken but what's the what is their role i guess in this they're not a it doesn't sound like they're a traditional developer they're not coming in to buy buildings but kind of what's their what's their role and and how do that how does that kind of work work yeah so so pago usa is the overarching developer they're really the ones that kind of kicked off some of this concept um they've been helping with the acquisition process um uh, can assist with some tenant leasing uh, type types processes as well. Um, okay. Help to to piece together some of the, the project financing. Uh, the model group then is is a partner of um, Pago USA. Uh, the model group is is really the, the the actual building developer. So as we start to to work on um, what lies within our our property envelopes, mm-hmm. um, the model group will be responsible for. Um, for really piecing that part of the project together. So they're kind of doing the, they're, I mean, those two groups are, are the, um, you know, they're kind of the, I was going to say boots on the ground, but you guys are the boots on the ground. I mean, they're more the, they're doing the mechanical things to actually get these, these properties redeveloped and right. making sure that you have, you know, leases going into the buildings. Because you know, yeah, the, the foundation doesn't do that. I mean, well, we, we, so we, we have hired oh, yeah. a property manager and we're doing okay. leases um, this is a little bit of, you know, obviously we're, <laughs> this is an experimental project. So yeah. we're doing leasing. The model group will assist with leasing. Um, Pago um, will assist with some of those conversations. Um, you know, eventually. I yeah, I think it's important to note as we complete the, the phases that we're going to go through and get to whatever finish lines we get to uh, on each phase, the end result is the, the intent is for the Vayner County Foundation to retain majority ownership of all these buildings. So what we did want to do is be an integral part financially of, of restoring these buildings, only to turn back into the private sector and wait for another how many decades for them to start falling in disrepair again. Yeah. So our foundation has been around for almost 100 years. And our intent is for these buildings to be held by the foundation in perpetuity. 
Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, it's a yeah, it's a long term. It's a you know long term play, long term vision, rather than just a you know one thing that you you turn them around and you sell them to somebody else because that doesn't really that doesn't fit the the goal uh, or your or your overall objectives. It doesn't sound like the the organization chart of of this project is uh, about one of the wildest things I've ever seen. <laughs> so. Um, there's, you know, as we move through and realize, hey, someone's not working on this, then we've got to find someone who works on this. So whether that's, you know, one of our existing developers that can take on that, or whether it's re reaching out to someone else who has different experience um, and expertise at something uh, to build to build the team and, and build the project. And, I, you know, as we move through this, um, you know, I think the goal is to say, you know, hey, can other communities take this model and run with yep. it? And I think they can. I think it's important to note that every community is going to have their own scenarios and their own their own different needs that that might be just a little bit different from from ours. Um, well, but I, I, you, you mentioned up front, though, Seth, I think for for you and, and Chuck and the rest of the group, I mean, one of the things that is is it's it's pretty it's pretty glaring to me of why this works is that you've had. The business and community leaders behind you. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you, the, you, your foundation board and your your BDC board. It sounds to me like that is the, the those boards are the leaders in your community, and so that why that's why this works. And they also are willing to put up their own money for it. And 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 I think you know um, a lot of communities. Every community has business and community leaders. Everybody has, you know, people that have money, uh, just regardless of where you are. But I think, and you guys can talk about it a little bit, but it sounds like really that's, that's one of the driving things is that you've got your, your, your business and community leaders that are, that are putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah, and, and working very well together. Um, and that's not always historically been the case, um, yeah. but uh, just, you know, all gears are cranking in the, in the right direction right now. Yeah. Well, let me, uh, you know, I want to get, a, you know, maybe a few more minutes here. I wanted to kind of ask you guys a couple other questions. One is, I know you're working on a master plan for the area. You know, how, how's that going? Where are you in the process? Um, yeah. how, you know, how, what does that do to the impact of the redevelopment of the buildings and, and, and all of that? Sure. So it's important to note that, um, so we've got a downtown development, redevelopment plan going on, um, which is separate really from, that, that's really a public plan. It's separate from what's happening within the, the private properties that we own. Um, and so um, we don't have a, a, um, a planning department in, in Van Wert. Again, a community of, you know, what, 10,500 people, um, low staffed. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, again, we, we led the initiative, said, hey, you know, we want to make sure we're doing what the community wants. And so, you know, pulling together a plan that can help guide us as we go through our project. So, um, so I think it's important to have a redevelop, uh, you know, some kind of a downtown plan in place um, before we really start to dive into the meat uh, of the work that we intend to do. So, right. so that's wrapping up uh, probably another month we'll have um, that should be close to, to, to finishing. Um, and then that'll guide, um, you know, that'll guide some of the private development then, um, you know, is there an area that we need to, to focus on, um, you know, all these buildings need to remain and in these places, you know, maybe some buildings need to go away. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe we need, uh, maybe we need to tighten up on parking and, and we, we don't need this much in this area. So just really making sure we understand the, the lay of the land and all the layers that go into that is, is important in guiding us. Yeah. You know, yeah. One of the challenges is, you know, that part of it is address a lot of infrastructure, streets, streetscaping, lighting, those kind of things. But 
what we're on an ongoing basis, what we have tackled and will continue to face is, okay, as we complete this project, who are the businesses? Who are the tenants that are going to be yeah. uh, taking up the retail space, the commercial space? Yeah, our, one of our chronic issues in Van Wert is restaurants. Yeah. Uh, what kind of restaurants do we want to recruit? Uh, do we want to recruit uh, chain uh, coffee shops or chain uh, short order restaurant kind of places? Or do we want to maintain locally owned business um, kind of uh, people? And I think that's the direction we're going. We're going to certainly encourage local business ownership as opposed to franchises. But that's going to continue to be a, a big um, effort on our part and a concern of how we how we work through all those issues. Is that, yeah, I, I was going to ask you that. What, what, you know, if you have any uh, sites far enough along that you've got, you know, kind of end users lined up, how, how is that, we, we, how's that process going? We've had, so, so as we move through this project and we're thinking it's about an $80 million project, um, give or take. Um, so we've split it into phases four, maybe five phases. And so we're, we're rapidly moving towards our first phase. Um, and as part of those discussions, we've identified potential end users for that. Some of them that, you know, hey, this is guaranteed. They're in our spaces right now. We have to move them mm -hmm. to do their spaces. Um, so, so we'll have a, several, several moves for some businesses um, as we start, you know, the phasing of this project. Um, we're in a, a position right now where... Um, uh, putting a new business in, in our downtown right now is tight for the next couple of years until we get phase one completely finished up and released and then move on to phase two. So, um, so um, it's been interesting to work through that, um, to have conversations with, with our existing businesses and folks who want to open up businesses and make sure that we're not stopping business growth, but we're, we're able to keep that moving at the same time. So um really, um, you know, as we, as we move through January into February, so about the next month, month and a half, uh, we'll start to really hone in on, on um, letters of intent for those leases um, that are, are looking at realistic numbers um, for businesses as well. So a lengthy, uh, complicated, complex uh, process. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's certainly a tough time for the restaurant and, you know, hospitality industry with, we, we have restaurants who uh, who have approached us who who would like to set up shop downtown or in Van Wert in general. We're we're just short on restaurant spaces, so okay. you know Chuck's alluded to it already. You know that's the one thing that that we all want and we need in Van Wert are, are restaurants, but there's no place right now to put them until phase one is done. So mm -hmm. you know two years out now, if you have a business that's <coughs> wanting to move in and start up a restaurant right now, uh, you know how soon can we get them up and running? Um, right. We don't have a temporary space for them. Right. Right. Hmm. Um, are, I mean, is there going to be, you know, with those businesses, I mean, some places I know uh, uh, there there's kind of mechanisms in place to help businesses financial and, and mentorship and mentors. And, you know, I mean, is that something that you're, you're thinking about or something that will be part of the plan or is that really not really the intent or is, is another organization going to kind of take up that mantle? Well, we've had deep conversations about this. Um, 
uh, there's an obvious need for it. Uh, we do have an active Main Street program, um, mm-hmm. and that's one of their responsibilities. We have economic development, we have chambers, so we have other business groups that can focus on those. But certainly, we want to make sure that the businesses that are within foundation-owned spaces are thriving and succeeding. So we're looking around at other uh, community models, um, mm-hmm. folks who are doing this type of work well. We look at Small Nation on Bell Fountain, knocking mm-hmm. out of the park with mm-hmm. um, with um, business coaching. Yep. Um, they're investing. Um, they're investing directly into those businesses, which gives them an easy ability to do that. So I'm not sure where we're going to end up falling um, in that, but certainly. Um, there's a lot of conversation that that um, is focused around that, making sure yeah. our businesses thrive and succeed both as we go through the process and at the end of the day when, when they're opened up and thriving in, in a different environment. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's a huge need. It's just a matter of how you how you do it, because they you know, you can you could spend all your time just doing that. And if but if you have partners that can do it, that probably it makes sense or at least can it can fill that can fill that gap. So. So well, hey guys, I, yeah, yeah, go that. ahead. Go ahead, Seth. Go ahead. I say that 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 conversation will will definitely continue. You know, as we move through this whole project, you know, we're you know, even though we've been in this uh, since uh, what mid mid two thousand nineteen, we're in infancy stages of this. So so um, it'll be fun uh, to look back and, and see where where we've gone. We'll have to have you guys back on the podcast in another year. And then, Perfect. You know, a year after yeah. that. Absolutely. Dave, you, you have any other, you have any other uh, questions for these guys? I, I think we've not had really. an absolutely I, I, great discussion. I think it's, I think it's been inspiring. And I, it has and been I inspiring. think that it's, a, I think it's great to kind of illustrate a, 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 a great case study of local leaders, you know, kind of saying, look, we're, we're going to make a difference. Absolutely. Pretty cool. I mean, yeah, we this is great stuff. Vanwardforward.com. I, I believe that's what it is, isn't it, Seth? Yep. yep. So you can, um, we'll have uh, some ongoing activity posted there. That's one way to sort of monitor our progress as uh, time goes on here. Vanwortforward.com. Vanwortforward.com. Awesome. Boom. 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 Well, guys, All right, guys. Thanks for See your you time. See you survive. It, yeah. It wasn't hard. It, was, it wasn't like meet the press or anything. <laughs> <laughs> now, good luck. You've got to. Good luck if you've got a round 13 podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lucky number never. 13. Oh, my gosh. You can't top this one. That's right. All right. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate thanks, it. And uh, okay. thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast today. And we'll, we'll be back with Lucky number 13 soon. Thank you. Long. Thanks. To learn more about the Montrose Group services, please visit MontroseGroupLLC.com.